Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. From KCBS Radio in San Francisco, I'm Matt Pittman, and this is Bay Current for Friday, April 15th. Senator Dianne Feinstein has been in public service since the 1960s. And now at age 88, is the oldest member of the U.S. Senate, a body populated with senior citizens. There are no age limits nor term limits. And Senator Feinstein has four colleagues, four male colleagues, I might add, who are also in their 80s. And that's part of what makes this such a tough story to cover, as it can be just in general a difficult conversation to have. Most of us have experience or have a family member who we've had to have that conversation with. We see the signs of age, the mental decline, and the conversations have to start somewhere about when to take away car keys or when to talk about new living situations. In this case, it's a deeply sourced blockbuster report by the San Francisco Chronicle that has forced a conversation previously limited to insiders inside the halls of the Senate out into the open. As colleagues and former staff members claim that at age 88, Senator Feinstein is in a state of mental decline and is unfit to remain in office for the two years left on her term. To help us understand more about this story is my colleague, Doug Sovereign, KCBS radio political reporter. And Doug, you've covered Diane Feinstein for many, many years here in San Francisco. Um, take me back to when you first met her, how long you've covered her remarkable career. Oh, wow. Diane Feinstein. I mean, she was the mayor of San Francisco when I moved here and started working in radio in San Francisco in 1985. Okay. Uh, she was the mayor and a very significant one. Uh, and, you know, a powerful figure had, had defeated a recall, the first woman mayor. She'd been the first woman president of the Board of Supervisors. And she was a powerhouse. And uh, she later ran for governor and, and was defeated and then senator and, and obviously won and has been there ever since. Uh, you know, 30 years. Uh, but Diane Feinstein, I mean, she is as sharp as they come, or she was. Um, it was a very savvy political figure and good at her job and smart. And also, uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I will never forget the kinds of things she would do. Back then, we'd all wear suits and ties, or at least jackets and ties. Um, and she would have a news conference in her big, behind her big wooden desk at City Hall. And I still recall. Uh, her getting up in the middle of a question, middle of an answer. Someone asked a question. She got up in the middle of an answer and came around the desk and fixed the tie of one of the other male reporters because it was askew and she didn't like it and she didn't think it was appropriate. And she literally didn't miss a beat. You know, she kept giving her answer. What came around, fixed the tie, then sat back down, finished her answer. I mean, that was Diane Feinstein. Uh, and 
we have seen uh, in her recent years in the Senate that, you know, as she's gotten older, she's 88 uh, in what presumably will be her final term. Um, she is not the Dianne Feinstein that we knew 35, 37 years ago. You know, let's just jump right to the age thing first. I think, you know, the United States Senate, I was listening to a podcast today and heard uh, one of the great lines that it's the finest retirement home in the country, uh, <laughs> the United States Senate. Thanks to the staff, assisted living. Yeah, right. It, that was the that was exactly the point that, that, that these are folks from the time you go. So you could be John Ossoff in your what late 30s or whatever. And, and you have the, the staff. They they schedule your meals, almost scheduled down to your bathroom breaks. They are with you from the moment you get into the car when you leave your flat in the morning till you go home at night. Um, they hold your cell phone. They respond to your text message, everything. Right. But, Doug, I think it's only fair to point out that there are some really old men in the Senate. Chuck Grassley is 88. He's been in the uh, Senate for 40 years and plans to run for re-election. Richard Shelby is 87. James Inhofe is 86. Both of them are retiring. Patrick Leahy is 81. And we've seen, for example, Chuck Grassley uh, show what can only be categorized as signs of old age in recent Senate Judiciary hearings. You don't see a lot of reports like this about the older men in the Senate. Well, first of all, let me just say, Tal Copan's story, I think, was, as you said, a dozen sources. Um, that's a lot of people who would go, not on the record, they were all anonymous, but they they were quoted, uh, but, you know, anonymously. Uh, but that's a lot of people to come forward and talk about this or sort of forward. Uh, I was a bit stunned by this story because it's a huge front page splashy piece about something that people have been talking about privately for four, five, six years. Uh, and you don't see something like that very often. Um, and you do wonder a little bit, first of all, on the age thing, I mean, just because someone is 88 doesn't mean they're losing it. I mean, my dad lived to be 88 and was sharp as a tack to the end. My mom was 86, never lost her faculties. Did they sometimes forget things? Sure. Did they repeat themselves <laughs> sometimes? Sure. I do that. I mean, yeah. as we all get older, right. it starts to forget. Oh, yeah, I told you that already. Oh, wait, what's your name again? I mean, we, we're all like that. Now, there's a difference between normal aging and a little bit of normal natural memory loss and dementia. And, you know, my parents had no dementia, I'm thankful to say. Their bodies failed long before their minds ever did. Uh, I hope I suffer the same fate. Uh, but some people, and, and I've known people, uh, you know, David Perlman, who was the science yeah. reporter at the Chronicle until his mid-90s, the guy was incredible. I mean, but not every Everyone ages the same way, and it, it does appear to me, as if, I mean, having covered her for so long, that Diane Feinstein—I don't know that she has any kind of dementia—but that her memory loss and the aging of her brain is worse than other people often are at her age. Um, now, the fact that she's a woman, there aren't still aren't as many, nearly as many women in the Senate as there are men. Is she being held to a higher standard? You know, I don't know, but it is true that we have, you know, think of Strom mm -hmm. Thurmond. I mean, there are people who are in the Senate for 40, 50 years uh, and get old and are propped up by their staff. And it's an open secret that they're not really capable of doing the job so well anymore. And there's a whisper campaign, but nothing more. Why is Feinstein uh, being being put on a higher pedestal or, or you know held to a higher standard and, and called out publicly, it could be because there are ambitious members of Congress in California who want her seat and are jockeying for a position either when she retires if she does in 2024 or for an appointment if she were to step down. We don't know which Democratic member of Congress started this conversation by speaking to Tal Copan about it. 
Uh, but maybe it's one of those who's interested in her seat. We, you know, we don't know for sure. Yeah. I've got some speculation, but um, we'll see if it ever comes out. Um, but so uh, is there sexism to it? I mean, perhaps a little bit uh, just because she's a woman and, you know, we haven't seen an aging or very few of them. I'm trying to think, you know, Nancy Landon Kassenbaum from Kansas, I suppose, was fairly old when she retired. But there haven't been that many women who have served in the Senate so long that they've reached this stage. So. Uh, I think it might be more having to do with um, the the future of that seat and progressives being unhappy with her than it does the fact that she's a woman. So in regards to her seat, Doug, this is ultimately her call to make, whether she at some point decides, okay, I will step down or I'm going to serve this thing out. There's no, is there a mechanism in place if there are legitimate concerns like this about a United States senator or a member of Congress uh, that takes the decision out of their hands? Yeah, there is. Uh, it's never uh, invoked. Um, there is a process, but the Senate has to do it themselves. Um, they can vote. It takes a two-thirds vote to remove someone. Anytime anyone has, it's only really been for corruption reasons that it's ever come up. And anytime it's come close to that, historically, the, the senator resigns. So it's never actually happened. But, you know, they read the writing on the wall and they're gone. I, I don't think this would happen in this case. I don't think you're going to get to the point where the Senate decides. I mean, it would be so embarrassing and such an ignominious way for a great career to end for them to say, you know, we're sorry, but it's time for you to go. We're voting two-thirds to remove you because you're no longer fit. I mean, I just don't think, I, I, I cannot see them doing that to her. There could be, and I'm sure there already is. I can't see that because I, I can't see Chuck Grassley <laughs> doing that. I can't see Patrick Leahy doing that because they're going to be thinking, I'm next, right? It might happen to them, exactly. Yeah. Uh, there, there could easily be, and there probably already is, a pressure campaign behind the scenes to say, look, Diane, this is getting, it's your husband has passed away. We all feel terrible for you. Now is a good time to step away. Why not? I mean, but she really wants to finish her term. And, and the fact is she is not, there are times when you see her and she seems fine. I don't think it's, I think it's intermittent. I think she is certainly capable still of appearing at a hearing or an event and speaking properly. And, and, you know, she may not remember that it happened the next day, but it's not like she's just out of it all the time. I mean, I, I do think it, she seems to be in decline, but but it's intermittent. It's not, uh, you know, always there. And, and that's one of the arguments on her behalf uh, that she's making to, to stay, that she can still do the job, but but she's not doing the job as fully as she used to or as that most senators would. And final point here, Doug, is that I think the reason why this has been elevated to the level that it is today, it's like you mentioned, you know, front page above the fold in the San Francisco Chronicle, national cable television pundits are all kicking this one around. I've listened to a couple of podcasts, political podcasts today uh, about it. The reason why it's been elevated to this level is because, as you said early on in this conversation, her legacy is as a powerhouse. She is a trailblazer. She was part of that historic group of women that were elected in 1992 and in, right. in the uh, wake of the the Clarence Thomas hearings and in before that a a legacy career as a politician here in the city of, of San Francisco. So her legacy is important. I think it's important to people who have supported her over the years. It's important to her family and obviously it's important to her. Do you think that ultimately would be the thing that gets through to her that 
you've got a legacy to protect here, and that may be the thing that might lead her to make the decision to step down before her term expires? Well, well I think I think that is the thing that's that's making her resist it. Either, you know, on the one hand, she may not be aware of what decline she's in or not willing to admit it, which, you know, many of us, you know, would stubbornly say, no, 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 I can still do this, you know. Uh, but I think to her, for whatever reason, finishing her term, completing it, she's been there in, in the Senate for 30 years. I mean, is it that big a deal to make it 32? But, you know, not leaving early. Um, you know, she was always been a, a bulldog. I mean, when she fought off that recall when she was mayor, um, she, you know, this is someone who has been really tough at what she does. And I think for her, her legacy is that she completes this, this term and, and her career in Senate and goes out on her own terms and being forced to leave early is not on her own terms. And even if she uh, is a shadow of her former self for the last couple of years, um, she would like to get the send off she thinks is her due. And I don't think quitting early. I mean, the fact is her husband was very ill for a long time. Yeah. Um, I thought he might die a few years ago and I saw her and asked about him and she was actually quite touched the last couple of times I've seen her because she said, nobody ever asks about Dick. I really appreciate that you always do. And I was surprised she remembered that because often when I talk to her, she does not remember who I am at all. And I've known her a long, long time, um, which is fine. You know, I don't, see her that often so why does she i'm just some reporter right but she used to know me pretty well and she often doesn't remember but she does remember when i ask about her husband which is interesting to me but she could have taken that as a time to step aside and there was speculation she wouldn't run for re-election in 2018 because her husband was already very sick and she was already 84 uh, it would have been a natural time for her to say you know that's it. I've had enough. But no, she she wanted another term. She got another term and she may live to regret it if it, if it ends prematurely. Terrific insight, Doug. This is why I reached out to you to have this conversation about this story and this topic. Uh, Doug Sovereign is our political reporter with KCBS Radio. You can follow him on Twitter at Sovereign Nation, S-O-V-E-R-N Nation. And Doug, we appreciate it as always. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. And thank you for listening. New episodes of the Bay Current Podcast are out every day, and we'd love to be part of your daily routine. You can subscribe on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, just about anywhere you listen. And we are on YouTube on the KCBS Radio YouTube page. That's it for today's Bay Current. I'm Matt Pittman. We'll chat with you again on Monday. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.